The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Speaking of stars, we are going to be speaking with Dr. Sky, an expert on the stars in just a moment. So if you have any questions related to space, the stars, or anything in the sky, you can start queuing up at 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. There are fewer things New Jersey needs less than unqualified teachers. I think we need more qualified teachers. I don't think we need to be dumbing down the standards for either students or teachers. However, I'm afraid that's exactly what New Jersey has done. On Monday, Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill into law that eliminates a requirement for New Jersey teacher candidates to take a basic skills test. Now, this is a move supporters say will help alleviate a long-standing teacher shortage. Under the new law, a would-be teacher who doesn't take the praxis test, that's what they call it, can receive an alternate teaching certificate. And then after four years of continuous employment as a teacher at a public school, charter school, or approved private school for students with disabilities receive a standard teaching certificate. The New Jersey Education Association, which is the state's largest teachers union, has long advocated for this change, saying the test is a barrier to entry for low-income New Jerseyans, especially if they have already earned a bachelor's degree. I am not an expert in this. I don't know the details of this test. However, I don't like the sound of this. What's next? To alleviate the doctor shortage? Are we going to make it easier to become a doctor? No. Let's maintain the high standards that are in place to become a teacher in the state of New Jersey or in other states. And if there's a problem with a teacher shortage, you know what we should do? Pay them more. Respect them more. Give teachers more benefits and make the job more pleasant. I don't think the solution is to have more unqualified people teaching children, which is my fear about what will occur here. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. We've talked a little bit about this Eric Adams sexual harassment suit, including a bit yesterday. I think it's absurd that the media is shielding the accuser in this case, yet they're plastering his name all over the newspapers and all over television. That being said... Mayor Adams, at a press conference yesterday, his corporation counsel attorney was asked about what happens when the official complaint is filed and when officially filed against Mayor Adams. She said that she expects the city's law department, paid for by the taxpayers, to represent him. Now, first of all, someone needs to ask the law department directly if that's the case, because sexual abuse, sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape, 
are not in the scope of police officers' jobs. And if Mayor Adams is being sued for sexual assault based on his conduct as a transit cop 30 years ago, taxpayers should not be paying for something that is not at all within the job of a police officer. That's illegal. Now, you may decide that Eric Adams is totally innocent of these charges. I think that's a distinct possibility. But I still don't think, just because he's the mayor, that we should be paying the bills for this. What if he was John Q. Public, just a regular retired cop? Would the city still be paying his bills on this? I don't think so. And Sal Greco, who was fired by the NYPD in a case that we have uh, chronicled for a while, he filed a complaint with the Department of Investigation about this. The city, by law, cannot defend a cop accused of sexual harassment by law in any case. In fact, there are current cases pending in court that demonstrate this. It's against the law, and if the city law department is planning to use our money to defend him, they owe us an explanation as to why. The mayor wants to set up a legal defense fund, as he's done for his criminal case. He should certainly do that. I'm sure a lot of people would be happy to contribute to it, especially those with business before the city. But the taxpayers, whether he's innocent or guilty, should not be on the hook for his defense in this case. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. We were just talking with Nicholas Meyer about the 40th anniversary of the day after, and a lot has changed in 40 years. If you look at the technology, if you look at the culture, if you look at the trends, much is different. I'll tell you what hasn't changed, at least not in New York. What has not changed is the price of a bottle deposit. If you bought a soda in 1985, it would cost you a nickel deposit that you would get back when you returned it. If you buy a soda in 2023 or a bottle of water or something along those lines, that will cost you a nickel that you will get back when you return it. Well, now there is a huge movement among the people that are picking up these cans to raise the deposit. And I have to tell you, I used to do this regularly and my wife made me stop because of all the time that was involved. But I see on my block and just about every block in my neighborhood, there's someone that comes around collecting all of the recyclables and searching through trash cans and searching on the ground and picking up these recyclables to deposit them. And I do think it is time that we raised the deposit on sodas from five cents to 10 cents because these folks are doing an incredible job. They're doing an incredible public service. And why shouldn't they get a little bit more money? Ryan Castalia is the head of the nonprofit Sure We Can. He's a recycling leader who does what I wish I was still doing, spending a lot of time taking these cans and bottles to the grocer. Because really it takes a huge amount of work to earn a reasonable amount. Um, say to earn $100 in a day, you need to collect 2,000 cans. So that's a really arduous labor. Um, and the canners need all the support from that they can get. And luckily some community members provide that. Um, because the deposit isn't a significant enough incentive for the average person to return their material. It's created this whole sector of workers who recognize the value and pursue it by collecting the bottles and cans other people throw away. Um, yet the value hasn't changed for 40 years. 
So these essential workers who are doing this amazing work, cleaning up the litter from our streets, haven't had a raise for four decades, which I think in any other industry would just be crazy. So we're pushing really hard for the workers to get the recognition they deserve, raise the deposit from five cents to 10 cents, so this work can be remunerative and supportive for these essential workers. I have to tell you, I completely agree. It's time to adjust for inflation and raise that bottle deposit from five cents to 10 cents. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. The president of Hofstra University out on Long Island, Susan Poser, has issued a statement which has drawn some criticism from a number of quarters, including the Nassau County executive, Bruce Blake. She wrote that she wanted to acknowledge the emails and comments that she and other administrators had received since the Hamas attack. That event, Israel's response, and the ongoing conflict are taking the lives of thousands of people with no end in sight. We mourn the loss of life in Israel and Gaza, which is deeply affecting many members of our community. So far, fine. She goes on to say, there is a complex history and conflicting views about the casual underpinnings of the current crisis. This is one of the reasons that lasting peace in that part of the world has been so elusive and contested. But what is not contested is the tragic loss of life of innocent Israelis, Palestinians, and many others. That is not sitting well with Bruce Blakeman, who wants her fired. Here was the Nassau County executive on the Katz and Cosby show here on 77 WABC yesterday. Um, Susan Poser, who is the president of Hofstra University, uh, put out a letter to the Hofstra community that I found to be despicable. Uh, basically, she was drawing a moral equivalency uh, between contested territorial borders and baby killers, rapists, child kidnappers. Uh, I found her statement to be outrageous. In looking at this statement and in listening to Bruce Blakeman, I'm reminded of the Wall Street Journal op-ed that Mike Bloomberg wrote a few weeks ago. And he's describing this new climate of activism among college presidents. He wrote, the public has wondered why some college presidents who were quick to condemn the murder of George Floyd were slow to condemn the murder of 1,200 Israeli citizens. Others might wonder why the presidents issued no statements on Sudan's civil war or the conflict over Nagorno-Karabakh. Instead of issuing statements on selective issues, college presidents should adopt the policy the University of Chicago has stuck to since 1967 when it declared the university is the home and sponsor of critics. It is not itself the critic. Only a few other universities, including North Carolina and Vanderbilt, have adopted this policy. I completely agree with this. University presidents or college presidents shouldn't be making statements on geopolitical affairs. They shouldn't be making statements on George Floyd. They should be making statements about what's going on at the college. Let that activism be left to activists. My vote is for no more statements from college presidents. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.